Welcome to Social Distance Warriors, a podcast which talks about the pandemic and sometimes also talks about other things. My name, as always, is Tom, and as always, it's August 9th, the day it always is, and I'm not an expert, as I never am. All right. Uh, I'm Rat, also not an expert on uh, the coronavirus, uh, also not an expert on other going around monkeypox. Uh, I agree that it is social distance warriors, and I agree that it is August 9th. I'm glad we could establish at least that baseline reality. Yeah. Um, so I'm at the beach this week. Uh, how are you doing? I'm not at the beach. Why are you at a beach? It is... <laughs> Justify fam- yourself. Family beach vacation week. We're at one of the Steven Universe beaches, I guess. Ah. Sort of where that is set that I thought was a made-up place. I thought Delmarva was just a place they made up, but it's actually real. They made it up for Steven Universe, but it's actually real. Yeah, I mean, it's a nickname for for three states, right? Yes. Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. Am I right about that? I don't know. <laughs> that's how, that's what I always am. All I know is I've seen I've seen Delmarva on signs while driving because I did drive here over a terrifying bridge that I have to drive to leave here. Oh, huh. Yeah. I drove over some terrifying bridges not too Well, I didn't drive. I was a passenger, but I passaged over some terrifying bridges in Vermont. That counts. You you get to wear a badge of uh, <laughs> ter- terrifying bridges. Uh, what brought you to Vermont? Yeah, I was there for a funeral, but ah. yeah, so not not a happy occasion. And I don't know. It was it was out in the middle of nowhere, and I don't know. Very unnerving experience getting there as well. Well, that's not good. <laughs> no, that's not good. And even when you get there, it's not great. Um, well, I'm sorry about that. I'm uh, glad that you made it over the bridge, though. <laughs> yes. So how is the vacation so far? Um, it's been all right. I, I had to establish with my uh, nieces that I needed to be back to the house by a particular time this evening so we could do our podcast recording. And my five-year-old niece said that I should let my internet friend know that we're going to be swimming meaning let your internet friend know that you're not going to be recording a podcast this evening. You're going to be going swimming. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, instead of that, we went swimming after dinner, and then I came back to the house and had uh, time for this. Oh, good. Was was the, was the it a good swim? It was a good swim. Uh, all the, three of my nieces ended up getting in the water. I have a almost two-year-old niece, a five-year-old niece, and an eight-year no, almost eight-year-old niece. Hmm, that's a lot of nieces. One other thing I will say about my beaks trip is that I'm in a bunk bed situation. Hmm. So this laptop is on a like kids bunk bed desk so the top bunk also has below it a children's computer desk Mm. as part of the bed and it's not great i'm sitting on um a just bottom bed Hmm. that is in front of the desk oh huh Interesting. Yeah, for, you know, for the sort of child who is both working remote and uh, needs to have a fun bunk bed experience. Yeah, yeah, for the remote child. For the remote child uh, who is going back to school, back to work, uh, a corporate child. Mm, Yes. You know, you know these children. I do, I do. 
How long is your vacation? Uh, it is going to go for the rest of this week. So August 9th is looking at my watch a Tuesday. Um, so it, it will go for the rest of the week. And then I will jump back into um, being at my school job where uh, teachers have not arrived at school and it's just administrators. But teachers are going to start arriving and then um, students will start arriving and school will begin. Mm. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel it's going to be a particular kind of mess. Uh, we did not have a principal for over the summer. So just personally, my school personal return is going to be very chaotic uh, because we now have a new principal who is doing all these policy changes that are going to affect me. Mm. <laughs> Me, personally. Uh, policy changes uh, for RAT, personally. And also masking, well, that's optional. And also monkeypox and many, many things. Hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> probably not great. Yeah, yeah. Masking seems to be just over. Yeah. At least for, for the places where I am. I still I still wear it in certain situations, but... Um, but but I'm but you know I, I rarely I rarely see other people with masks anymore. Yeah, it's a very easy way to communally reduce COVID transmissions. Very easy, very like low effort, and yet it is now an off the table sort of <laughs> strategy. Mm. I went to an I went to a big indoor concert mm. last week. I went to see churches live. Churches, but with the U as a V. Yes, yeah, the it is uh, churches Intimous. with a V. <laughs> churches. Yes. Yeah, and they were very good, and it was a good show, and it was a good venue. But there were a lot, just a lot of a lot of masklessness. I'd say there was okay. there was there was some masking, not much masking. The venue staff were all wearing masks, actually, or the, all the ones I saw were wearing masks. Which was yeah. interesting. That seems to be sort of a, a thing as well, where it's sort of like um, people working retail or in a particular service um, may still be wearing masks or um, the people they are serving are not. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I um, for much of the show, I was the only one wearing a mask that around me. And sometimes there were parts of it where I was like, I'm not even, I'm not going to wear a mask right now because I'm kind of chilling at the back of the venue where it's not crowded. Mm. But um, my, my, my concert going habits traditionally have been when I'm at like a standing room venue, which this was, is that I will always try to get as close to the front of the crowd as possible. Like I'm up there in the mix trying to get up close. And uh, if there's if there's an opening of an inch in front of me, I'll take it and just gradually like getting closer and closer to the front. But um, I think that I might now officially be too old for that, <laughs> which doesn't seem like it could possibly be true because there are people there who are older than I was who were closer to the front than I was. Yeah. But or, but it, it may just be that I need to invest in earplugs uh, for future concert going experiences because there, it was very, very, very loud. It was like upsettingly loud. I, I That is what I recall you posting about uh, when you were at that concert, that uh, it was very loud. I'm a big fan of um, like, if not noise canceling headphones, um, there were also, what is it? Ear protection mm. <laughs> that I'm sure there are more discreet forms, but um, the ear protection that I own is just like huge over the ear headphones that don't connect to anything. They're literally just, you put them over your ears and they reduce sound. Oh, hmm. but yeah, not even as an aging thing, aging thing, but just as a like, I 
cannot imagine having a good time in a place that loud without uh, <laughs> some some buffer. Uh, Again, I'm glad you survived and hopefully also had a good time. Would you, uh, with preparation, uh, go back uh, to a concert like that at some point? Yeah, I'm actually seeing Carly Rae Jepsen at that same venue um, in, I think, November. Oh, nice. And I assume that will also be a relatively loud event. So knowing knowing Carly Rae Jepsen and her sort of her people. Yes, yes. And I, I um I have seen her once before. But uh, but not at this particular venue because this is a brand new venue that just opened during the pandemic. Actually, I think it just opened this year. But it was it was nice. To, it was nice to go out to a concert and take in a show. Yeah. Well, you have uh, an upcoming event, and I have uh, canceled an upcoming event. Um, at the end of August, I was going to be, I guess, relatively in your neck of the woods. I was going to be going up to Massachusetts for a friend from Girl Scout camp. Uh, well, two friends, both from Girl Scout camp, mm. both getting married to each other. Mm. However, I, I have um, just yesterday canceled my train and hotel reservations and um, letting them know that I will not be attending. I have overbooked myself mm. <laughs> and had to make the hard decision. Like, technically, it would still be possible for me to do but sort of energetically um, and also with my job, it would be a bad idea for me to do. So I decided to not do that. I think that's it's good to feel able to make those kinds of decisions about yeah. like, oh, I, I this is not something I have the bandwidth to do, even if it's something that I, I technically could do. If I if I were to think of it as a true obligation, then, yeah, I, could, I, I probably could. But. Uh, this is something that would not be healthy for me to do. Um, this is something I'm trying to practice more. And sometimes I've been successful. Other times I uh, am not successful. But, yeah. Yep. So true. If you have things to talk about, we can talk about. If you also want to talk about death, I can talk about death for a good amount of time. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not itching to talk about death. But if you got death things to okay. say, then go ahead and talk about it. Okay, I've got death things to say because um, I've made uh, death sort of a part of my social community <laughs> these past couple weeks because I have joined uh, the local Jewish burial society, hmm. uh, which is also a uh, uh, Heverick Kadisha. Um, I'll be scattering in a few <laughs> my very few Hebrew words that I know that relate to. Um, Burial. Is is this similar to what you were looking into in one of our earlier episodes in the first couple of yes. months we were doing this show? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and what I learned is that uh, the synagogues and burial societies where I had been living are like very inactive, hmm. and both the like number of people and I, I guess I, I, the number of deaths are um, slightly more active in um, the area I am living in now, which is a sort of area of, of Pittsburgh that is a more Jewish neighborhood. So yeah, I have joined that um, Hevra. They do divide it by gender, which I'm not thrilled about. Um, so I'm in the men's Hevra, mm. and I have sort of attended a few, which I had not been able to do months ago at the start of this, uh, the start of this pandemic podcast. 
I was not able to physically attend any of the um, ritual body washing that's called Tahara because everyone had, if it was happening, was switched to virtual. And the Hevra that I'm in now, they have already, I think, months back, they still have COVID precautions. You have to be vaccinated. You do have to wear a mask. You do have, like, gloves and what is it, PPE <laughs> that you are wearing f- for the in-person Tahara. But um, yeah, I got to attend a few of those and also weirdly um, administratively step in a little bit because um, most of the communication for this uh, Hevra is done through email and uh, the coordinator who usually does it, uh, he went on vacation and I was like, well, I can send emails. <laughs> so I am uh, interacting a lot more with, you could say, uh, Jewish men over 50 <laughs> years old. And that is something that I have definitely wanted to experience going to a Tara and I didn't quite know like how I would feel about it after, um, if I still thought like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, having been to them, um, it very much kind of is like, oh, yeah, this oh. is, uh, I think, a good ritual, a good practice for as much the people who are doing it and processing and part of the community around the person who has died as it is for uh, preparing uh, that particular person for being buried. Hmm. Um, so I'm glad to have been part of it. Are, are you the youngest person involved? Well, <laughs> no one directly sort of has said that, but I have been like asked if I was like, they're attending for like a school project, <laughs> uh, which is always the sign of like, th- there is uh, perhaps uh, an idea that I'm very young. Most of the people in this Hevera are uh, like 50 or older. There are maybe a couple I have seen, because uh, again, it's mostly through email unless uh, we're like meeting up as a group. Mm. Um, there are a few closer to my age. Um, okay. But yeah, it was funny also because the uh, local Jewish community is very small. Uh, I had been pet sitting, maybe even on this podcast in the past. Um, And I called them up again to like reconfirm. um, Oh, like it's been a while since I've walked your dog. Here's how we're going to do that. Um, And uh, one of the humans, she congratulated me on joining the men's Hevra. And I was like, how do you know? <laughs> That's because both she and her husband are also part of the Hevra. Wow. And I had not realized because there are many names on the emails that go out. Uh, so it is it is a way to meet people, I am finding, hmm. that you would not expect. That is, that is interesting. Well, I, I am glad that you have fulfilled this ambition of yours. And <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And thank you for for letting me uh, take us to the, the sort of the death corner for for a time. Of course, I don't think that's the sort of thing that I would enjoy doing mm-hmm. because I think I am deeply uncomfortable with death in general. Yeah, I, I kind of object to it. <laughs> I don't I don't really appreciate it or want it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm aware that it's very likely that I will someday die. But mm-hmm. if I do, it will not be intentional, and it will be under protest. I, I have no intention of making peace with it. That that's good because I like I like to be alive, but I'm also very much like 
put me in the dirt. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, hmm. So that's like, it, it is a soothing idea of me to know that like a part of a sort of Jewish death life cycle thing is like you, you are put in a wooden box and become dirt and that's good for me but i i very much understand uh and very much understand sort of uh especially like joining a jewish burial society that it's one of those things that sort of very much is not for everyone Mm, yeah i mean i'd rather be like cryogenically frozen and then uploaded into a computer or just upload me without the freezing but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm already mostly uploaded into a computer anyway, so <laughs> just finish the job. So true. I don't know. I, I also I saw Shakespeare in the Park uh, over the weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. On Boston Common, they do a, uh, a, a yearly free Shakespeare, and I saw Much Ado About Nothing, which is probably my favorite sh- Shakespeare play. Yeah. That one, uh, it's a good one. And it there was severe weather, so they started 90 minutes late, but uh, I still got home. Before twelve thirty a.m., so calling it a win. That is a win. Yeah. What What else is up? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't have anything to say, and I don't think we're a news podcast. But I do like, I don't know, topic topic to say. Like, hey, remember when Roe versus Wade was overturned? That happened. Yeah. Well, that, that well, sucks. That, that's 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 old news. That's old news. I mean, we also never talked about the fact that the president of the United States, another president of the United States, got COVID. Yeah, which feels so, like yeah. Feels we already did that one. Did we? We already did. Well, like we, a president already got COVID. Like that when. Uh, oh, I thought you meant we already Trump discussed that. Did we discuss that? No, I don't even remember why we discussed that. We absolutely did not yeah. um, discuss when um, news dropped that Biden had COVID because I texted you. Yeah. Uh, uh, that evening, why couldn't have Biden have waited <laughs> until we were recording? Yeah. To, get covid instead of the day after Mm. yeah a lot of upsetting news is happening yeah i don't know there's been a little bit of good news this past this past week have you found good things in the news because i've found good things in the news um i've actually so one boundary i've been setting is while i am cooking dinner um the nights i've cooked dinner at the beach house is i make my dad not watch tv Mm. in the uh kitchen slash living room area so i like found out that, um, I guess, what was it, the FBI had a search warrant and raided Mar-a-Lago earlier this week, but I was so grateful not to find out live on breaking news TV, TV news, <laughs> that that was happening, and that is kind of, I'm not really accessing news right now any other way, so I don't know what's been going on. I mean, that was one of the things. Another thing is, it sounds like the... Um like Congress is actually going to do something. There's like the the like they're finally doing some kind of legislation on that seeks to address climate change uh, and other oh, bad things <laughs> that are happening. Soon, yeah, right it's now. like a, a yeah, that'd be good to do. It is like a very severely um, abridged version of what once was called Build Back Better, and now it's more like a Build Back Something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've been in a very climate um, climate focused mood because I recently finished reading a book called The Uninhabitable Earth mm-hmm. by uh, David Wallace Wells, I think is the name of the author, which um, made me think that, oh, wow, as much as I have, have thought that we're screwed in terms of climate change, it's actually a lot worse than I thought. 
And it made me feel like, oh, oh, it's it's bad. And it's just going to keep getting worse. But another thing that it also kind of impressed upon me was that, like, it should not be thought of as, like, a binary thing where it's like, well, we fucked this up, so we might as well abandon hope and give up and be like, well, okay, climate change. It's happening, so there's nothing we can do about it. Because no matter how bad it gets, it can always get worse, which means that we are never released from the moral obligation to try and do something about it. Mm-hmm. We can never just throw our hands up and say, all right, we lost this battle because there there's another battle to, like, to, like, preserve whatever shred of uh, possible future hope there might be, um, which is a, a, in, in one way that's like a little bit heartening. It's like, oh, yeah, there are things we can do. But also it's like, oh, still got to do stuff, even though it's already like we're, we're, we're screwed on on climate change anyway. Like it's already going to like wipe out most of our civilization, but we still got to do like still got to fix like what little is left. Ugh, it sucks. Anyhow. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. Also, um, I don't know. I don't know if you care about this as much as I do, but Alex Jones got got really good. Alex Jones is. You don't know the who that is, do you? Okay. That had the radio show, and then also his lawyer gave, but maybe by accident, yeah, all of his records. And then the other side of the court was like, "You really, you know, you did that. Do you want us to?" talk about yeah, it yeah 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 and then it's going very badly <laughs> for alex jones yeah yeah and um it, it was it was like he got got so bad that like it's the kind of thing that if it happened in a movie you'd be like okay this is ridiculous yes that is something i found out about through um tumblr memes. okay so yes <laughs> yes yeah if it makes it to memes uh okay i've been reveling in that a little bit and um <laughs> the i don't know if you've seen any of the clips of 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 that in the courtroom I don't know if any of those memes have been visual video memes, but no. the plaintiff's attorney who is kind of nailing him down is clearly like having a lot of fun with it in a way that's a little bit like, all right, dude, dial it back a bit. Like you're, you're clearly like making a meal of this in a little, in a way that, that it may, is a little bit too much, but I, I can't help but like enjoy it. Like, like, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's fun. There, there's a moment where like Al- Alex Jones says something like, oh, there's, there's some kind of trick going on here. And then. The, the plaintiff's attorney was like, indeed, Mr. Jones, there is. Uh, like, <laughs> just seems like a thing that would happen in a film and not in, in real life. But they filmed it, so it happened in a film, I suppose. Because anything that you film happens in a film. It is true. Yeah, so I've been, I've been, I've been, uh, there, there, there has been positive news, despite the fact that, as you, as you say, like, you mentioned the Roe v. Wade thing, and um, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things that, we we recorded at least once since that happened, um, yeah. and we didn't. I don't think we brought it up, did we? No, I believe. Like I remember recording um, earlier before Roe versus Wade was overturned, and there had been like a leak of like, "Hey, it's probably going to happen." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we had not brought it up. No, it's 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 deeply upsetting. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's really yeah. and it, it, like so much that like it's one of those things where it's it's hard to talk about it without talking yourself into getting more upset about it. Yeah, and, and it's also definitely a thing with me where it's like this case is one of the reasons where it's like I am not looking to the courts and also including the Supreme Court for like any kind of justice mm. because it's just not something I think they can provide uh, uh, in any way. Like even best case, it, it's like the rights that are won through like Supreme Court case decisions in one way I, I don't know. I feel like I was kind of like under the impression, sort of my like history 
classes of like, well, it's weird that we have a Supreme Court, but when they do things, it's done. Mm. Uh, That even those kind of like cases that are prescribing rights are so like able to kind of on a whim almost be turned overturned um like it's not that the the courts have no effect they have deep effects but it's like there is no justice there Mm. uh so that's the deeply upsetting part and it's the like uh, kind of the abyss part of like yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I also think that it's I, – I don't think it's so much that, like, the Supreme Court is a place where justice inevitably goes to die. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. – what, what happened with Roe v. Wade particularly was not inevitable. Like, it was a, a program of, you know, 50 years of, like, really hard work by conservative people who are determined to make the world a worse place and, like, organized yeah. so much effort to create judges, basically, that would, that would overturn Roe v. Wade and – I do, I do think like the notion of like oh well this this is just the sort of thing that happens like it it happened because because like people worked really hard to make it happen but I don't know I mean what's what's next we just like I do I do kind of worry that we as a country are just going to get into a scenario where every every decade or so like major parts of American uh, life and culture are just going to get like flipped like all of a sudden it's like well okay so same-sex marriage is no longer legal uh in in the 20 in 2025 but then all of a sudden in like 2035 it's like it's back released from the disney vault same-sex marriage now available at your at your local courthouse and i mean i I think this is already something somewhat of the case with like foreign policy like nobody wants to deal with America anymore in any way because it's like, well, Obama said one thing and then you just elected a different guy who did the exact opposite. And then you elected another different guy who did the exact opposite of him. And now it looks like there's a good chance you're going to go back to the last guy or someone very similar who's just going to like do the exact opposite of everything. It's like from like a foreign policy perspective, like you can't think of America as you can't think of America as an entity with whom you 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 deal. You deal with. Um, different like regimes, kind of like how we talk about like dealing with the Taliban, not not like dealing with like a particular nation state, but with a particular like organization that that comes in and takes power uh, for a while and then maybe doesn't for a while and then comes back later. Yeah, I do feel the instability, <laughs> I guess, yeah. can be my response to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, not not to like... To reach back to the '90s and and get the um and go back to the Friends theme again, I do feel often like no one told me life was going to be this way. Clap 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 clap. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like this is this is not how I was brought up to believe that the world was going to be <laughs> like that. Like I, I do feel like there was a, a sort of idea in my childhood that like oh we had we had reached we had reached like the end of something. Like we were like we had gotten to like we we had created liberal democracy and you know, neoliberalism, and this was, like, the end state of humanity, and we had some tweaking to do to get it right. Like, yeah, we probably should give some more rights to women, and yeah, I bet we could, I bet we could let gay people do their thing if we, if we really, if we really put our minds to it, we could probably figure out a way to let gay people do their thing. Like, and it's like, yeah, we, we got these, we got we haven't quite figured out the knobs on this thing. We got to tune everything perfectly, but, you know, we basically got the structure of the thing. It's, it's in place, and this is just what humanity was supposed to be, and here we are now at the end of history, um, but, um, that, that isn't, that isn't true and was probably stupid to ever believe. Yeah. 
I don't know, uh, as much as I am able to say, I guess, like, the growing up, like, there's also a way that it's, uh, God, okay, I have no words. <laughs> I don't know. There, There's just, there's, like, what we have the world right now, and there's also, I don't know, one thing is, uh, I feel kind of very relieved, uh, as I have grown up and some of the things that I thought were going to be for certain about our society to know that they are kind of new recent inventions and can also go away. Obviously, it's destabilizing, but I don't know, you know, like American sort of heterosexuality. Uh, it's in a bad state. I'll say it. <laughs> it's not a good way to do things a sort of nuclear family sort of everyone in their own spheres men and women um and it's like this is a kind of way that yes this is what was promised and expected and yes it kind of has to be broken but there's also like so much more that can come from that and i'm not saying like let's just sort of break everything hmm. but maybe a little bit let's break something let's break some things yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good philosophy i think there are some things that should be broken yeah do you want to talk about action items we can talk about action items i once um, again have no idea what they were okay good i wrote them down oh okay <laughs> we had two action items and one was to hang up a piece of art or decoration on a wall. And the other one was to draw a picture. Mm. Okay. I've done both. Yeah, I've, I've drawn a picture, but I haven't actually hung up a piece of... Not a, well, I, mean, I think I actually hung up a piece of art or decoration in my office because I moved offices. So I'm now in a different space. Um, but yeah. yeah. So that counts. Yeah, I did both of these. That counts. That absolutely counts. The picture I drew and hung up were um, both at the sort of behest of my oldest niece, who we sort of had a game, mm. you know, like sometimes you do coloring, but this was a very structured coloring where it was like, okay, my niece is drawing and she's like, okay, Arthur, draw exactly what I am drawing. I'll show you. And so like she would do a shape or a line or a squiggle. And then I was to, on my own piece of paper, draw that same line or shape or squiggle. Mm. And in this way, we uh, drew pictures together. Mm, nice. And then I, I hung it up. I hung it up on the top of the bunk bed that I don't sleep in because I don't sleep on the top bunk. Mm. Nice. <laughs> because it's scary. Is it? Y yes. Okay. Hmm. Has no one told you that? Do you not know about how the top bunk is very scary? Um, no. I mean, if I'm in a bunk situation, I usually prefer the bottom bunk, but that's mostly a comfort rather than fear thing. Yeah, no. The top, top bunk is just full of fear. Oh, okay. Maybe if I had been up there more, I would know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shall we um, propose action items for now? We could propose action items for now. Now, I'm very sleepy, so I'm going to come up with an action item, but I'm warning you. <laughs> I'm mm. very sleepy. Um, I mean, I, I have okay. an, I have a sleep-related action item. Oh, good. Okay, let's hear that one. <laughs> this action is just for me. Item. Maybe this doesn't apply to you, but um, stick to a consistent sleep schedule. Stick to a consistent schedule. Say more. 
you know, I my I'm I have always been bad at that. It's been really biting me more in the past few weeks. I think part of this actually has to do with my um my recent attempt to foray into a new realm of digital content, which is live streaming myself playing video games. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, streaming twice a week is probably too much streaming. So I'm probably not going to do that in the future. But also, like, uh, I feel really tired after streaming if I stream. Like, I-, I had been doing noon streams on the weekend, and then I would, you know, get to the end of like a four hour stream and be like, okay, time to take a 30 minute nap. And then I would take like a three hour nap. And then I'd be like, oh, wow. Okay. I guess, I guess uh, that ruined my week. <laughs> I guess that ruined the rest of my week. So yeah. And then I, I just, I just ha- have always had like inconsistent ability to sleep. And I, I just, I just feel like I need to impose some more consistency. Yeah. That is, that is my, that is why. Are you a consistent sleep schedule person? No, I do have sort of, I'm very glad to have melatonin now in my sort of like sleep arsenal Hmm. because I can be better at when I sense that I would otherwise sort of be up and awake and be very anxious or just because I have nothing better to do in my brain, stay up and not go to seep. I can just take a melatonin and take that decision away from myself, my future <laughs> self, because he will be so sleepy. Uh, I didn't even take a melatonin and I'm so sleepy, but I don't have a consistent sleep schedule but it's good that i have a school routine oh Mm. i think it is um i don't know if this is being picked up on audio i think it is my youngest niece's uh bedtime and there is there is resistance i support her resistance fight the power yeah yeah it's hard uh she had a nap today but you know how it is oh I, i definitely know how it is i mean i say uh i say fight the power but i also say a consistent sleep schedule is important so yes um i i think for my action item i actually want maybe this will only be for me i want to catch up on your xenoblade chronicles 3 streams because i have watched the ones that i have been part of And uh, that first video that you uploaded, but I, this is why you also need to slow down so that I can catch up. <laughs> yeah. That, well, I mean, I will say what my plan to do going forward. Okay. Yes. I want to know, I want to know the, the inside scoop on your streaming plan. The original plan was like, oh, I'd settle into routine of doing two weekly streams. I would do a story focused stream where I'm like, okay, today we are pursuing the main storyline. And then I do a side content focused stream, which is like, okay, we're side questing, we're exploring, we're figuring out the nuances of the combat system. So this is more just like ga- gamer, gamer shit. Like this is like my elite gamer ascendancy. However, I found like that really wiped me out because I was th- I was doing so much more talking because instead of pausing to watch story related cutscenes and just interjecting with the occasional hmm or like ah the lore implications <laughs> like I would do during the story moments, I would be like having to like, spout off about like okay, see the gem crafting system is interesting because if you craft the gem here you can do this, but if you if you don't have the materials then you can choose to do this like and it's just like constantly like, just me talking for hours on end and I, at the end I was like oh, no. oh wow, I feel like re- really wiped out. Like I used to feel this way after the end of like a session of DMing a game of D&D where mm. fundamentally what you're doing when you play uh, a tabletop role playing game is like you're sitting around and talking with your friends, but if you're the dungeon master then you have to be like 
on for, you know, to, to get a good like D&D session, like those are often, you know, at least three hours in length, I think would be the minimum of what you, what people would want to do, given how difficult it can be to get people together for a tabletop role playing game. So it just becomes like, it's like I'm running a meeting at work that's like five hours long or whatever. Mm, yeah. So I may be doing away with the notion of like having a separate stream that's just for side content. But in the streams in which the main story will be a concern, I am going to be making a PowerPoint presentation at the beginning of the stream to share the story so far, because I think PowerPoint presentations are inherently funny. Just because they are. I work in an office and um, I find office culture to be inherently humorous to me. So I have a, um, like, I've, I've got a PowerPoint slide deck that I'll be updating as I go with in papyrus font with all kinds of, yeah. So, so it's just like, I will start it off by being like, all right, this, these are our characters, this is our goal. This is this is yeah. So that that is where things the, stand. The papyrus font is really selling it for me. That's yeah. I feel like uh, it's an important element of a a PowerPoint is to have <laughs> a quote unquote fun font choice. Yes, you have the freedom. I've also been editing the videos down for YouTube, and I've found that that's that's really quite fun to do. Like I've I've really enjoyed taking you know my first stream was about three hours long I think, but I I ended up editing it down to like a fifty minute video, which was I don't know that was a really good time because I was like inserting weird jokes and shit. So yeah, having a good time with that. So it is it is a good time, and um, if you're if you're action I I mean I will not need to I do not need to catch up on watching my <laughs> own yes it's streams. just. <laughs> I think um, I'm not going to uh, assign you to watch again all of the <laughs> streams that you lived in real time. But also, I've ha- I've had um, I've had a couple streams where no one showed up for most of it, which is fine. Like I I I am I'm not doing this to like create a Twitch career for myself. I, I view the Twitch stream as like in part generating the thing that I'm going to edit down to create the YouTube thing. So interesting. Okay, bo- it doesn't bother me per se that like. If, if people don't show up, but it is, it is a little bit disheartening to be like, oh, there's an empty room. It is, it is, it is much more fun when there's like two or three people in the chat who are, you know, quipping. You, you, you always throw some quality quips in when you show up at the, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It stream. sure was fun when I showed up for the end of the, um, Xenoblade 2, uh, <laughs> Torn of the Golden Country and was very sad because it gets very sad. Oh, it gets, uh, it gets, the, it, it gets yeah. very sad. <laughs> In ways that yeah. in ways that it doesn't signal that it's going to, I don't think. Yeah, I think it, I think it takes a really hard left turn into sadness. Yeah, and then the end the end uh, song comes on, and I'm very sad. Yeah, uh, I think it was the uh, the moment of eternity. Yeah, yeah, that's the the ending theme from Born uh, of the Golden Country. Yeah, the one that's sad. <laughs> oh yeah, and I am I am sure the ending of Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I've I've I'm, I feel lucky that I've mostly managed to avoid spoilers. But I am sure the ending of of three is going to be in some way emotionally upsetting. Like the 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 ending of the ending of two was very 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 sad. Um, the ending of one was just like I don't know. The ending of one was not not actually all that sad. It was just more overwhelming. So I I, I anticipate some form of strong emotion for for Xenoblade Chronicles three. Um, but it may be a while before I get there if I'm only doing one stream a week, which is fine because people are mostly respectful of spoilers in in the online single blank community because people 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 who like those those games really really like the story and really want other people to get into the story and so 
they will do things like for the original Xenoblade Chronicles game, there is a there's a party member who joins joins your characters later on in the game, and just saying who that party member is is something of a spoiler. So whenever people are talking about the gameplay of that game in a context where it's not clear that y- you know there might be mixed company who's watching this, uh, they refer to that character as Seven because they're the seventh person to join the party. Like they will not refer to that character by name. Ah, interesting. They'll be like, yeah, this is a good strategy, especially once Seven joins your party. Like they'll they'll like because the the Xenoblade fandom really does not want to spoil Xenoblade for anyone because the people who love that game, the story is important to them. So I appreciate that. And I, I am, I'm looking forward to hopefully maintaining my spoiler free status for however long it takes me to stream the full game. Well, nice. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Xenoblade diversion. That is all right. That is all right. <laughs> yes. Side story. Okay. So I think we, you know, one of the things we do at the end of every episode is we tell people about the Twitter that uh, is used yes. to post about the show, which is SDW or, or at SDW underscore pod. That's. I love it when we tell people about the Twitter. <laughs> I like that And too. I love it, especially when you, when you say the Twitter name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and not me. That's the one. Um, yeah. But what else do we do at the end of every episode of the show? rack my sleepy brain the thing we do (laughs) in the end of social distance warriors that we always do is we stay distant and we go the distance 